Welcome to the 6am club. The 6am club when early birds are just starting their day or when strippers are finally leaving work. Hi, I'm Gemma Rose. Join me on my drive home after work listen to my tales from the night and other wider industry issues we face as strippers. Hey everybody, believe it or not, this is the 10th episode. I guess I've been here a little while now let's say just over two months and we're still going so um yeah glad that this hyperfixation is lasting <laughs> um i just wanted to say thank you for everybody's support so far for the pod it's lovely having so many people listen to my rants my rambles everything that i have to say um and yeah thanks if you're still here maybe you're just joining today and you're like what the fuck is she talking about if you're just joining today and this is the first episode that you're listening to I would say go back and start from the beginning I feel like it makes more sense um like contextually because as the episodes go on I don't want to have to rehash everything whether that be jargon or how these places work because people who are listening currently and have been listening already know that because I've already talked about it so you know if you're feeling like maybe you've missed a step or this word doesn't make sense or whatever doesn't make sense I would recommend going back to the beginning um, and then hopefully it will fall into place a little bit more So thank you if you are already joining, but fuck off of this episode, go back to the beginning. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you're you're with me 10 episodes, ball deep in 10 episodes, like, wow, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you supporting the pod, supporting me. And yeah, let's, I'm going to aim for another 10 episodes. yeah let's see uh let's see if I get to that point I'm sure I will I'm enjoying doing this um but yeah all right I'm gonna I'm get into the episode now I'm gonna stop stop fucking ranting but hey I guess you like my rantings so um <laughs> this is what you are here for yeah including my terrible singing it's look it's a package folks it's a package you get you get all of me or none of me that's how it goes <laughs> Before we head into the episode, I needed to issue another trigger warning for this particular episode. It details a little bit more than usual an account of sexual assault. So if you feel like this content is going to upset you, please steer away from it. Again, like I've said on previous podcast episodes... This is just how the job is Um, a lot of the time, not even sometimes, like cases of assault happen pretty much every night. Um, I'd say this one has a bit more detail than I've gone into in the past 
um, so you can decide whether this episode or even this podcast is for you. Um, I don't always go into a lot of detail, um, but I have a little bit more with this particular instance, so um, yeah, just a warning with that. There's also, I'm going to issue a trigger warning of stalking as well. Um, I think that's it for my warnings. <laughs> um, I feel like more is going to come up. Uh, but yeah, like, this is the world of sex work. So um, yeah, viewers or listeners discretion advised. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Um, right, I'm going to stop fucking... Like, this intro has been like seven fucking minutes or whatever. So <laughs> really sorry about that. But hey, look. You just get extra of my voice. And if you're using this podcast to fall asleep, fuck you. I do the same, by the way. I use my favourite podcast to fall asleep too. So not really fuck you, but also fuck you. Um, <laughs> you might already be asleep by now and you might not even care about the sexual assault that I'm going to be talking about. And you might just want this filtering into your subconscious. Um, so enjoy that if you're using this for your beddy buys. Um, really, I should take it as a compliment. You see my voice is soothing, even when I'm shouting or cackling like a witch. Um, right, I'm going to shut up now. It's been like eight minutes, surely. Um, so sorry. Let's get into it. It's a long enough episode as it is, but I hear on, on the grapevine you folks like that. So <laughs> um, yeah, enjoy the app. I will see you on the other side. She's on tour again. I have come up to Edinburgh for the weekend to teach workshops and work in a club. I'm recording this after hours because I was in Edinburgh city centre. I'm staying with a friend and getting cabs in and out of the city. That's way easier than trying to drive and find somewhere to park in city. But holy fucking shit have the prices gone up. It cost me £20 to get a 10 minute cab into the city. What a way to start the night. I have worked at this club before and while they don't have a house fee, so I'm not working out of a deficit, the commission split is quite crazy. We keep 60%, they take 40. I go into the club. It's an early start at 7pm which feels so luxurious compared to the shifts I usually work. This is wild. It almost feels like a normal shift time. Obviously it isn't, but that's what it feels like to me to finish work at 1am. Luxury. I get into the club and I'm greeted by the staff. It's been a while since I've worked here and they're under new management, so they make me sign the contract again. I'm not going to go into the full extent of this new contract, nor my thoughts on it right here, right now. Going to let that silence speak louder than words. <laughs> but yeah, they floated the possibility of putting me on a 50-50 split with the club because technically I'm a new dancer now under the new contract, even though I've worked there before and I'm not new to the industry. They're like, ah, oh, we'll put you on the 60-40, but know that that's a favour from us to you. 
So I'm just like, right, okay. At least I'm not on the 50-50. And I, I would have fought against it if they had done that. Like, this is a joke. No, thank you. Um, so that's something. But the 40% the, the is such a hefty split as it is. I feel like I could do a whole episode on this alone and I probably will. Um, but some of the rules you have to follow in strip clubs as a dancer are a little bit ridiculous. And the way that they enforce them makes me feel a certain type of way. Let alone being misclassified as self-employed because so many of these rules very much feel like rules you give to employees. Even though we're not paid a wage to be there, we get no benefits. So that's why we are misclassified, because they're making us be self-employed, when in fact we do have to follow so many rules that are dictated to us. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. <laughs> the repercussions of not following these rules are extreme. One rule is that if I were to pounce on a customer, they're going to put me in a timeout. Five minutes each time I pounce a customer. It's standard in strip clubs to let a customer get a drink before you approach them. This is supposed to prevent pouncing when dancers just rush customers before they've even got a foot in the door. It doesn't really work though because you still rush to queue up to talk to the customer it doesn't really fix the problem of pouncing and you know if clubs want to stop that then maybe they should freaking salary us so we don't have to fight to earn a minimum fucking wage and survive just a thought there that seems more sensible than trying to govern how we're going to about go go about our work but anyway i signed the lengthy contract that i don't really agree to i get changed and i'm ready to go it's so weird because this club has changed a little bit and I don't know if it's the new management, but for once it's changed for the better. However, we are setting the bar super low here on strip club standards. I'm talking, there's now a door on the changing room. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a door now. Woo! <laughs> and not, not only that, there's now steps to get up onto the stage before there used to be a stepladder. Imagine mounting on a stepladder in pleaser heels to get onto stage that way, with or without the help of the DJ, but there are stairs there now. The, this means the DJ has to sit on the stage. There's no room for him off stage anymore. And let me tell you, even before the DJ was on the stage, it's like dancing on a dinner plate. It's such a tiny stage, like you can barely do a step around without hitting either the DJ or whacking customers in the face. It's tiny, but I actually kind of love that. I'm sure I've said it already, but I'm gonna say it again that I hate doing stage shows. It's, it's, it's exploitative free labor that clubs insist us to do. Another bit of evidence for us actually being misclassified workers. If you don't go on stage, you get fined, etc. Most of us get tipped on stage once in a blue moon, if ever, in the UK. And I'm having to give away some of my product for free because I have to go topless. 
It's time I could be spent grafting a customer. It's very frustrating. But hey, at least I don't have to risk life and limb working my way up stepladders to get up onto stage this time. Bonus. I was really excited tonight because a student who's in my workshops asked if she could visit me at the club and support me, to which I said, absolutely yes. It's so lovely to have students and allies coming in to support. I love to see it and it's great because like, you know, I teach a lot of stripper craft in my workshops but I feel there's no better way to learn than going to a strip club and watching the experts at work. Please keep coming to mine and other strippers workshops, but you'll get no better demonstration and a deeper contextual understanding behind our movement than paying for a lap dance in a club. If you're willing to pay for a workshop, that's probably about the equivalent of a couple of lap dances and it's worth the money. You'll learn so much this way too. It's as authentic as it gets and it's a fab way to learn where the movement comes from, putting all the puzzle pieces together. So I love that this student wanted to come in, like you're gonna get to see how it all works and then I get to teach you. So my student comes in and we've managed to put ourselves together quite easily without ruffling too many feathers because I don't want people to think I'm pouncing. However, this person has come in for me. She gets settled in and it's so interesting to hear people's expectations of what a strip club is going to be and then what it's actually like. And this person said that she had the image of, you know, walking in and there's like all these men hanging about with beer or whatever and just you know it's very male dominated but she actually walked in and she felt really relaxed she felt really chilled strip clubs are that way like so many people just come in to chill with a drink which i do not agree with like please come in and buy dances if you want to if you want to go somewhere drink and chill go to a pub but you know for those who don't want to go to a nightclub but still want to go out to drink strip clubs are just very relaxed in the sense that you know lighting is low music isn't as loud as nightclubs having said that drinks are often twice the price so why not just go to your local? Obviously, they're there to see tits for free and just let half-naked dancers walk around. They don't actually want to put any money down for that service though and that privilege and consume the free labour while slagging us off and the jobs that we do behind our backs. Off-piece a little bit there. But yeah, my student was really happily surprised by the environment and the vibe. I was really excited to like introduce her to this world and we go for some really lovely dances. It was so great hearing her say that, you know, she felt very affirmed in her queerness and she really enjoyed my performance for, for her. 
She thanked me for making her first time in a strip club feel so special and relaxed and so much fun. And she said she'd like to come back and complete the pubic triangle with the other two clubs that were there. So really happy to see someone who maybe did want that service but was unsure about the vibe of the environment actually be like oh no this is quite chill this is really fun this is for me as well she tipped me as well which i always hugely appreciate you know she's clearly done her research on etiquette she's clearly been listening and how to treat dancers and it's always such a breath of fresh air when you get clients who are so on point like that it's rare that you get people who are you know who like respect you for the job that you do and tip and pay for your time as well because like we were chatting for quite a bit and i was happy to do that like there was nothing else for me to do you know we were just waiting for the club to get going so i was really just happy to sit and chat but I, I really appreciate that she valued my time and she wanted to compensate me for that. So that was just damn lovely. So good. The rest of the night was good. It was a good pace. I didn't stand talking to people for too long. Not many super long dances, but quick dances. I really enjoy that. The layout of the club is very different to most clubs because as you walk in, you can look left and you see all of the dances happening in the booths. There's no curtains or a separate room. There's usually just a man standing in between you and the rest of the club, but like you can, you can see the dancers moving and naked and whatnot. But I actually think it works because it entices people to go for dances like oh no that actually looks fun like i want to do that yeah like i guess it's a part of the strip club appeal is the mystery and the tease and the seductiveness of the unknown but oddly this is almost the opposite because you can see what's going on but that really sells it to people and they're actually very convinced to give it a go rather than us trying to persuade them in a different way. The club works in a very different way because in most places you want to try and push for a VIP. That's where your big money is. That's where your time is secured. You've got good money for the time being there. Often the ratio works out the same if you were to do kind of quicker dances or you can earn more than that but at least in VIP your time is secured so you don't mind earning a similar amount or sometimes a little bit less but in this club you earn way less from a VIP because they take extra money from it this is because you the dancer pays for the champagne and you have to purchase I think it's either in a 15 minute two glasses of champagne or half an hour a bottle 
And that just seems unreal to me. And even the management, they're like, yeah, it's not worth doing the VIP unless you want to get drunk. I'm like, I'm here to make money. So I'm not here to get wasted. Like I'm here to make money, not spend money. I need my caffeine, but I resent even paying for a Coke let alone sky-high alcohol prices. If a customer wants to buy me a tequila though, then that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems unreal that with the VIP, you can't even be like, can I have it without the alcohol just to secure the time? Or can even the customer pay for the alcohol? No, it can't be like that. You have to purchase it, so it ends up I think the dancer gets 50 pounds or less for 15 minutes, which is crazy. Bearing in mind it should be 20 pounds for just like one dance. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. So I do prefer doing quicker dances in this particular club. It makes more sense. It keeps my night more interesting as well. It means I don't have to invest as much time initially into somebody if they want to carry on because they're enjoying the dance or the conversation like that's great but once we're in a dance you know i'm not trying to graft to try and upsell to a vip like before we've even got into a room or a booth so the quicker dances are kind of more preferable to me anyway you can get away with charging more in the normal dance booths as well so it's not bad but it, it does mean that there's no extra service or extra level of privacy that you can provide. Like this is as private as it gets. Let me talk you through some of the people I interacted with tonight after my lovely Polish student left to go enjoy the rest of her evening. She set me up in a really good mood for the rest of the night and I was ready for whatever was going to come my way. I'm standing at the bar a man approaches and tries to buy their first drink. The bartender explains that it's a £10 minimum on card, so you might as well buy two beers. The man agrees, he goes to tap, the card declines. He inserts the card, enters his pin, not authorised. I'm kind of queuing up to speak to him. I'm obviously not allowed to talk to him before he has a drink. I'm patiently waiting and assessing to see... Hey, you know, his card is declining. I'm not going to talk to him because it's not worth investing my time into someone who hasn't got any money to spend on me. I pray that the next card will work for him. He taps it. Declined. He puts it in. Enters his pin. Bingo. Authorised. His beers are served, and I say, Well, at least you've got two now. We're quids in, let's fucking go. There's then a trio of Yorkshire lads visiting for the weekend on a stag do, but none of them are the stag. You have to end a stag do in a strip club, stag or no stag. I'm flirting with them, I'm throwing out some cheeky banter. Two of the men have some quite interesting choices of hats on so I comment on that and you know interact with them in a fun way. I quite like to tease my clients and just you know we're having a good time like I'm funny as well let me entertain you 
and I'm being really cheeky with them saying you know oh god like let's go for some dances this will be really fun you know I'll give you a cheeky discount if I get to wear your hat they're finding it really funny they seem to be kind of wanting to stay with their beers for the time being but I can just tell that these men are going to crack and go with me I hone in on the wide-eyed boy who I'm picking up the most energy from. The guys keep saying they were, you know, just kind of settling in, getting a few more drinks in and see how we go. I know I can get money out of these men right here, right now. So I say, you're going to follow me. Let's go. I'm ready to get naked for you. And hey, you know, I can wear your hat at the same time. <laughs> He's like, okay, fine, let's go. So we do. He goes for £60 worth of dances. He decides to buy some more afterwards and stay. He's having a good time. I wear the hat for the last one because, you know, we're vibing and we're having a laugh. He's had enough for now, so I'm going to let him be with his friends. I kind of walk out with him. He goes to the toilet. I rejoin the group. Hey, let's go for number two, shall we? I lasered in on the next guy. The other one seems a little bit cheap. I'll try working on him later. This lad, he's seeming up for it though. He's bragging about his charity shop t-shirt that he picked up for £2. So we're having some banter about that. And I'm saying, hey, I can wear your hat as well. That's why your friend enjoyed the dance so much. Sometimes I find it a little bit awkward to spend time with one customer and then pick up someone else out of the group. Even though it's my job, this is what I do. But once you forge a relationship with a customer, it can be a little bit difficult to pick up the thread and kind of almost like, it breaks the fantasy that you're into just them. It actually you know it communicates that you're into the friends as well and that doesn't bode well for business especially you might be cutting your losses and almost cauterizing that relationship with the first customer if they wanted to go for some more dances a bit later but hey the first guy's gone to the toilet i'm being tactical i want the full house i'm gonna complete the trio I'm kind of making this joke to them as well and they're finding it funny. I'm like, look, you're my last Pokemon that I need to collect. We need to complete the circle, you know, you're breaking the circle. And he is a tight Yorkshire dude, very, very tight. He doesn't want to spend his money. I do manage to convince him. We go for a few dances and then we carry on. Honestly, all of these men were so nice, like they were really respectful, they were up for a good time, it was good energy between all of us. I return to the last guy in the group, we enjoy our time together, we go for some fun. And then I let them get on with their evening, I might come back a bit later and go around the circle again. They're clearly just wanting a bit of a break. But they were honestly so nice and just really pleasant customers. Very respectful, not wasting my time, which is the polar opposite to the next person I interact with. He's the upper end of middle-aged. 
he has been out of a relationship for a little while and finding single life a bit of a struggle. He is clearly wasted. He's trying to grab me on the floor. He's trying to be like, you know, if you kiss me, I'll take you for a dance. Really trying to kind of push his luck and not understanding or respecting the space. But hey, he is clearly so into me particularly and fancies me. He's very forward about this. I can exploit that. It's often difficult to gauge how much pressure you put on someone. You kind of have to assess someone's level of drunkenness, their character, because if you push too far, that can put them off the idea completely. And then they don't want to go for a dance with you and sometimes nobody else as well. But if you don't apply enough pressure, they waste your time and you know, you don't get anything out of the agreement that's supposed to be mutually beneficial. So it's finding that sweet spot with how much pressure to apply and to get a dance with someone in a timely fashion and an amount that suits you as a dancer. I feel like I was really on point with this and I knew what level to pitch it with most people, how much pressure to carefully apply. I was really direct, not wasting my time at all with this one, but also not being unfriendly. And I'm very bubbly on approach and guys like that. I'm very flirty, I'm very cheeky. That affords me a little bit of pushiness sometimes as well, which gets me a dance a little bit quicker than if I go for the longer girl next door act, which is my look. And it does work for me with certain customers and can equal big bucks, but you have to know when to play it and with whom. Anyway, this guy was totally out of his mind drunk. He's spilling his drink all over the place. I applied the correct amount of pressure with this dude and off we go for dances. I know he's going to be a pain. We set a minimum of 60 pounds. He comes into the booth. I'm not going to dance for the full three songs for you, dickhead. You are already being so disrespectful. He barely sits down on the chair. And he's trying to grab me. I say, no, you're not allowed to do that. You don't want to get me fired, do you? Whenever I'm trying to assert boundaries for the customer, it's usually done in a very light-hearted manner to begin with. After all, I want to try and get more money out of them and, you know, I don't want to ruin the experience for them, even if they are being a cock. I say, oh god, I want you to touch me so bad and, you know, I want you to, but you're really not allowed to do that here, like, you don't want to get kicked out, Do you want to stay with me, right? I want to keep spending time with you. Let's make sure we can keep having a good time together because like, you get me in trouble, babe. I'm always like that when trying to deal with difficult and touchy customers. This guy keeps saying sorry, and then he keeps touching me again. Oh, sorry I did that, touches me again like, holy shit. I wave my body in close to his face. He lunges towards me. My reflexes kick in. 
I recoil in disgust and horror at him trying to kiss me, but I'm not quick enough. He does graze his lips with mine. Absolutely gross! Oh, I feel like stopping the dance then and there, but I know I can get more money out of him. I just know it. I need to stick this out. I've got this. Let's drain this motherfucker like he deserves for assaulting me. Yes, I have the power to kick someone out. I can kick him out if I want to. Really, I'm surprised somebody on the cameras didn't come in and get him. At a lot of clubs I've worked at, if it's not consensual and they can see that you are trying to manage this person, they often won't intervene because, like, they know you're trying to deal with the situation, rather than when you've consented to something, you're doing extras whatever, and you are breaking club rules rather than, rather than the customer breaking them. Like, it's really a bit fucked up. Many clubs are literally like Nanny McPhee. When you need me but do not want me, then I must stay. Or when you want me but no longer need me, then I have to go. So nobody does come and get him out. This surprises me and, you know, he has assaulted me. I'm well within my rights to kick him out. And it's at that point where I think most dancers are like, hey, somebody's just assaulted me. I can kick them out or I can get more money out of this. Yes, this isn't a pleasant experience for me, but hey, I do want more money. I want to drain his wallet. I want to make his pockets hurt. And I want to get more money out of this dude. I know I can cash grab him some more. So I'm gonna stick with it. I stay in my zone. I try to manage him some more. I'm just not gonna go close to his face. I'm actually going to choke hold him against the back of the couch so he, that he doesn't try and lunge for me again in the same way. He spends more money. I was right. I knew I could get more out of him. Every time I keep pulling his hands away, pressing them into the couch, getting him to sit on his hands like a fucking child, he keeps trying to touch me but I'm trying to navigate it the best I can. But he keeps using his feet to try and trap me into him, which is just ridiculous. Like, can you let me dance, please? Kind of half joking, kind of half very fucking serious because he won't even let me move. He's trying to pull me in with his feet and legs and won't let me go. Like, he's gonna make me stack over if he carries on. It's just ridiculous. Like, what is your fucking problem? He is clearly too drunk to be receiving a dance or understanding any kind of respect in the situation. But hey, that's the perfect client to get money out of. He says he needs to check in on his friends. I let him go quite gladly. I'm going to get you later and I'm going to squeeze more money out of you and take you for all your worth. I go to the toilet and take a break. I have my pill. I eat some crackers and I'm ready to go again. No other dancers have managed to have success with him despite his extreme levels of inebriation. And he's like, oh, it's you again. I love you so much. Do you know I actually love you? 
dude, you don't even know me. <laughs> you don't even love me, and you, know? you don't even know me, and you now you're telling me you love me. He's like, let's go to London together. He thinks I'm from Essex. It's just easier than me going through the whole story, the whole rigmarole of, hey, I'm from Essex, but I live in Sheffield now, and I'm visiting Scotland for the weekend. It, it's just. Ugh, I just don't want to do it so I just tell people I'm from Essex and that's that because that's my accent and that is where I'm from so he's like yeah I'm gonna take you out I said I can't really talk about it out here like let's go talk about it in a dance again your friends seem fine let's go together we go we go for more dances he's being difficult again surprise surprise He's trying to get my number. I'm just like, oh, you know, the logistics of that. How am I going to do that? I don't have paper. I don't have a pen. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> He's like, memorize it. I'm like, oh, I don't even know my number off by heart. <laughs> he goes for more dances. The person managing the dances comes in and says, hey, your friends are waiting outside for you. Like, you kind of need to go. I really don't mind. I feel like I've got enough out of him. That's good money. He's like, I guess I'm not going to see you again then. I'm like, well, you got to come back for me then. <laughs> Bye, dude. Happy to see you walk away. The DJ has caught my eye. Fuck. I haven't got away with not doing a stage show tonight. Okay, I get called up onto the stage and I'm dancing to Candy by Doja Cat and actually quite enjoying it. Like, I don't really care what clients get out there. I'm just going to enjoy my time on the pole. There is a young lad that sat pretty much on the stage. I get quite close to him, give him a smile, give him some of my best booty moves and I'm like, I'm gonna get a dance from you afterwards. I do go up to him and I, you know, it's his birthday. And I'm like, hey babe, do you want some birthday boobies? He's like, yes, absolutely, you're gorgeous. So we go for his little birthday dance that his mate pays for. Good riddance to the other guy. Maybe you have more luck in the dating pool if you actually understand the meaning of consent. We're coming to the end of the night and I've not got long to make the rest of my money. I spot a guy that I saw in the dance space earlier. He's clearly spent quite a bit of money already because he was in there a while and he kept paying and paying. So either he does have the money to spend but doesn't want to spend it for some reason or he's out of cash. I think I'll try him anyway and see where it goes. I can't imagine the stripper that was with him would have left him unattended if he didn't have more money to spend or money she could get out of him for whatever reason. He is very drunk and very horny. He's from Australia and for some reason he's brought in a book with him to the strip club. Eldershire. Okay, that's a little bit of a talking point. I guess pretty damn hilarious to bring a book in with you. Without too much convincing, I take him into the dance room. And I get quite a bit out of him. 
I'm happy with how it's going. Again, he's trying to be quite a bit touchy, but he seems to be like understanding a little bit more that he's not allowed to touch. But he's like, oh, come on, they won't know. I'm just like, doesn't matter if they don't know. I've said no, like no means no. Ah! I'm like, of course, like, I, you know, I'm not like that. That's what I want to say. But I'll be like, oh, get fired or get in trouble. Like they are watching, you know, we need to be careful. Ugh. He really wants to see me afterwards. I don't say yes, but I don't say no either. I'm like, okay, well, what would we do if we saw each other afterwards? I'm not going to repeat the pure filth that came out of his mouth. Otherwise, I might just vomit right here, right now on this podcast. <laughs> but I'm sure you can imagine. I want to try and keep him in the dance. He keeps pushing to meet me outside. I kind of try and like make it as boring as possible and talk through the, the logistics of making it happen. It kind of excites them, but it's also like, oh, this is admin. I don't want admin. I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah, it's heading towards the end of the night and I'm like, hey, we might as well stay with each other until close and then kind of see what happens. Like, I don't want to put pressure on you. I always like to flip the fucking script because he's clearly trying to put pressure on me, but I'm kind of making it seem like I'm putting pressure on him. And that's a little bit of a tactic of mine. It really does work. I don't know, like, you know, I, he's like, I want you, like, you're gorgeous. I'm like, are you sure though? Because like, I don't want you to feel like, you know, I'm using you for your money. <laughs> I don't want you to feel pressured like I'm really enjoying my time with you like I'd like to stay with you to the end of the night and then like see how it goes see how we get on but I don't want you to feel like you know you're wasting your time with me like I want to make sure you're having a good time with me too I don't want you to feel the pressure and he's like no no not feeling pressured (laughs) I quote a price to the end of the night and he's like, how much? I'm like, you know, that's what it is. But I, I kind of say like, we've already spent this much and that takes us to the end of the night and like, nobody else is gonna take me away from you. Like, I'm yours. He's like, you're not just using me for my money, are you? And I'm, <laughs> of course, I lie and say, of course I'm not, I like you. I'm having fun with you, let's carry on. He has to transfer money over from his Australian account to whatever payment system he's using for his UK trip. And he keeps questioning it to the point where I'm like, how do I keep trying with this guy? He's kind of wasting my time right now in this dance. The man with the card machine has come over twice now. A third time it's just embarrassing on everybody's part. But I feel like I can get more, like, more money out of this guy. And to get this large amount out of him, let's keep trying. Let's do it. He's ready. He wants to do it. He's believed me. I've convinced him. Yes, great. He's paid for it. My bag is secured into the end of the night. 
I give him the laziest lap dance a man has ever received. <laughs> with the like remaining 20 to be fair it's 15 minutes now because he'd paid for 20 but he'd wasted his own time trying to figure out whether he wanted a fucking dance or not i'm still naked as well so hey like technically his pay is paid for the time we go to the end of the night the lights come up he gets kicked out he gets asked to leave i'm like see you later <laughs> me in my head thinking never I go to cash out and I'm waiting for my money. I've done well money wise, but that's fucking 40% commission folks. Holy hell. Like nearly half my money has just gone. That I'd worked so hard for. I busted my ass or busted my knees because this is a, are, you dance on tiled floors here. So I busted my knees and like this is what I have to show for it great i order a cab 25 pounds so much money on taxis tonight thank fuck there wasn't a house fee on top of that because i think that would have just sent me over the edge the driver is less than a minute away i don't like to leave uber drivers waiting for me so i go to stand outside the ground is still wet from the rain and there is still a slight pattering as I go outside, I chuck my hood up and my hair's tucked into my jacket. There's no security on the door outside anymore, they're all inside. I can't help but think, I just want someone to watch me get into my cab. Like, how can you make sure your dancers are getting home safe? This is a safety concern with quite a lot of clubs, it's not the only club that's like this, but you know, it would be nice to just be looked out for. I look to my right and about 10 paces away I see Australian guy. My heart absolutely sinks into my stomach. Fuck, has he seen me? Does he recognise me? Is he headed my way? What's about to happen? I hope that my civilian clothes coupled with my hood up disguises me enough, but I guess I look quite distinctive with my glasses and the way that my makeup is, so I feel he must recognise me. My cab's close, it's not long. I cross the road. I'm like, how can I work my way to get the cab quicker, but I don't actually know which way to go to catch up. I'm scared. He doesn't say anything to me. He doesn't come up to me. Nothing happens. My cab pulls up. Ten seconds later, I'm in and I can go. But that's a little bit scary. A bit too close to call. Surely this club has had customers hang around before. Like, that's not okay. I don't like being in that position. It's not the first time it's happened to me either. Like, it's scary fucking shit. So yeah, I leave, I go home, staying at my friends and enjoy the rest of my time in Edinburgh. I do really like working in this club when I come up. Um, I feel like tonight's been a good night overall, but you can see even when we have good nights as dancers, it, it comes with a hefty price. You know, you may have made quite a bit of money, but 
what have you had to do and what have you had to put up with to actually make that money there's a lot of behavior that i experienced tonight that is not okay and we don't deserve and some dancers wouldn't be okay with a lot of that but this is what i feel like i have to do to make my money so that's what i've got to put up with it's a difficult one you know um trying to manage people especially drunk people drunk men yeah sometimes a job can be really fucking scary especially when a scenario is turned on its head outside of the club but yeah that was my night thank you so much for keeping me company on my drive home this morning i hope you enjoyed this episode of the 6am club do let me know what you think you can drop me a message on Instagram at the 6am club pod. My personal Insta is at Gemma Rose Pole. If you can submit a review, please give me a cheeky five stars. Spread the word about the podcast to your people so more folks can learn about this. You can email me with questions or comments as well to the 6am club podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to speaking to you on my next journey home. I wonder if you can hear the rain pattering as I'm recording. I want to know if you can hear it.